Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Okay, everyone. Hey, Daniel Ramsey here with My Outdesk. I'm the CEO and I have the pleasure today talking with Christy Belt Grossman. Here's the thing, if you're here today, one thing that we're gonna focus on is, is your assistant, your real estate assistant, driving revenue for your company? That's the one thing we're talking about. We're gonna go over a bunch of the systems, the process, how to find them, how to hire them, how to, I mean, we are gonna break it down, and today, I mean, we've got a woman, this gal, so, she led the operations team and did a billion dollars worth of real estate. So when we are, we are just lucky to have her here today with us. When you think about the billion dollar agents, you have them all the time. Because to be frank, there's hundreds of them. There are hundreds of people in the real estate industry who have sold a billion, but there's only one, one person, one person that I personally know of who did that same billion dollars on the operational side of a business. Thanks for having me, Daniel. I'm really excited to be here. Passionate about the topic. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. Hey, if you're listening right now, there's a couple things I'd like you to do. Um, first, just where you're from and, and just a little snippet about why you're here. In the chat, um, we've got, I think we had over 400 registrations. We're going to have thousands of people live on Facebook. So the best thing for us to do is hear why you're here and what you'd like to get about it and where, what part of the country from. Tell us. We want to we wanna have some fun and interact. So please do that. Um, if you don't know who my outdesk is, let me just kind of fill you in. We're 11 years old. I've had the pleasure of serving over 5,000 real estate clients just like you, um, and we serve the top 1%. If you look at the top 100 agents, we have half of them as clients. So if you're here today, uh, what we want to do is add value to your team and really demystify this whole idea of an ops operations boss. So Christy, thanks so much again for being here, and we're getting some people kind of, oh, we've got... New Mexico, Virginia Beach, we've got all kinds of people checking in. So this is good. I love it. Yeah, we're going to have all the people who are home in their snow today. It's great. Yeah, you're snowed in and you're bored. Come on Facebook, check us out. Okay, so Chrissy, let's just set the table. Why are you, I mean, you know, a billion dollar person, clients hire you. What do you, what value do you bring to them? to really help them with the assistant world and operations world? You know, what we find is that many of the assistants are kind of like these little people on a desert island, and they want so passionately to help and pour into their team, they don't know how, they don't have anyone else who does what they do who kind of speaks their language. Um, yeah. Their agents want to help them, but they're not great at being assistants or they'd be doing it themselves, right? So we come in, we help them with direction, we help them with strategy, with systems, and with mindset. Get them kind of to the next level. Help them think a little bigger. 
That's awesome. I remember, um, I remember when I hired my first assistant, I was like, they're just not like me. And I'm, I'm a broker. I'm a sales guy. I'm a real estate dude, you know, and we've got, you know, 1200 virtual assistants serving clients out there. So I get it, but I just remember my own experience. I was like, is this person really working? You know that, and you probably fight that all the time, right? Yeah. It's, you know, there's a balance between hiring the person you like and someone like you. So we want you to like the people you work with, but not necessarily hire the one that's like you. That's funny. Yeah. Don't hire like me. That'd right? Because you'll yeah. sit there and have this great conversation all day and nothing will get done. That's right. That's right. Okay. So let's position it. Like, uh, so your the the thesis of this conversation is your your assistant, the operations boss in your world, should drive revenue, like and should help grow your team. I mean, you did that. You went from where you were, I mean, everybody started at zero, right? To a billion dollars. So I think the biggest value we can add to our audience today is just kind of talking through like, you know, what do you mean? How does my assistant drive revenue or make money? Yeah, so I, I love that question because at first it, it kind of freaks people out. Like, are they supposed to be doing lead generation? Like, and assistants are like, no, I'm not picking up the phone. No way. Most of us, like me, are introverts. Um, but the year before I left my team, my systems generated 511,000 in GCI that year for our team. So the, the way you go about doing that is putting systems into effect, and that's what we do every day, right? But being purposeful about them. So on my team, we had what we call the 3X rule, which means you should generate three times your salary and gross commission income to your team. So if I make 40,000 a year, then I should put in systems into the business that generate 120,000 in GCI to my team. Got it. Really easy How to measure. No, that's good. So the 3X rule, does that apply to every person on the team or specifically an operations assistant or? How, so how when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about not just an average assistant. I think okay. we have to differentiate between an average assistant and what I call an ops boss. So an average assistant, maybe you're just paying them to get your time back, right? Yes. You need your time back. You want to have a life. You don't have time to do everything. And the next level, you're actually paying somebody for results. Okay. So this is a big distinction, and I want to unpack it a little bit, because when we're helping somebody, you know, usually we're, we're saving somebody time. We're helping them grow revenue by making prospecting calls or something or marketing pieces. Um, or re reducing costs, but your premise is if it's a saving times, that's really not an ops boss kind of role. An ops boss is a partner. So yes. Oh, absolutely. Love that you say that. You're, <laughs> an ops boss is your partner. Absolutely. You're a partner in the business. And I teach my ops bosses that you should have an ownership mentality. So okay. we run the business as if we own it, even though we don't own it. We think as if we own it. And so that's why I think my outdesk is a perfect balance for us because okay. we can leverage those hourly time-based activities so that we can focus on the results-based activities. Okay, so I love it. We've got a lot of folks. Um, what's cool about this uh, interaction, guys, and thank you for doing it. Like we've got somebody from Jacksonville. Um, somebody says, you're a genius. I love that statement. <laughs> 
And yeah, uh, that makes me really smart for bringing I you think on. They're talking today. about you, Daniel. No, they're not. Okay, but one of the questions here is, they, you've helped them implement some systems. Like we've got somebody who knows you and who's been with you, and she just kind of popped in there. But let's break down what should an ops boss actually implement for a real estate team or you know leader what are the things that that you believe are are you know should be in place to create that 3x return because that you know now we have the measurement so now we need to benchmark what's the what are the things that you help people implement for real estate so we want to implement the systems that are going to give us referrals and reviews those are the two metrics that I'm going to measure my operations team by referrals and reviews, right? Okay. So the things that I'm going to say are not going to be anything you haven't heard before. The difference is in making them systematic. So for example, yes. getting reviews, right? We all want to get reviews. We want to get Google reviews, Yelp reviews, Zillow reviews, wherever you're going to get your reviews yep. so that we can get more business. My team used to do about $200,000 a year in GCI just from our reviews. But wow. do you have a system in place that starts before you meet with the client the first time and ends a year after the settlement? Got so it. You have it in place all the way along. And what most teams do is they just ask them at closing or right after closing, will you do a review? That's not a system. Because <laughs> it relies on a person to take action. and It relies what, on people remembering. Yeah. Yes. And, and what you're talking about is putting together a system. I, um, so I love that you said that. Guys, if you're listening, I had no idea that that's what she's going to say. We coined at my outdesk what we call the three R's. So, uh, reviews, which are online kind of things, recommendations, which are video testimonial kind of things that can be kind of sent out into the universe, and then referrals. And what we call a referral is a personal introduction, meaning somebody said, hey, Daniel, you need to talk to Christy because she's the best and she's a billion dollar ops person, right? So we call it the three R's of my outdesk, and you're spot on. And I think um, the system, like, what kind of system would you put in, in place for the three R's like in, in, in your world? So an example of that, well, besides reviews, let's go to referrals. So right. do we have a system to ask for referrals at the half, we call it our four happy point system. So typically we ask for referrals after we go to closing, right? We give good right. service, then we ask for referrals. But that's not when people are meeting and talking to other people looking to buy or sell. After they right. go to closing, they go to work, they go to the baseball field, whatever, they're talking about, oh, I need to find a Cub Scout troop for Johnny, or do you know an interior decorator, things like that. Right. But while their house is for sale or while they're in the pending period, that's when they're yeah. talking about buying or selling. So you put a system into effect right in your CRM. Every time you call the person for good news, the appraisal's in, we have clear to close, the contingencies are removed, your contract's ratified, whatever those are, you have a script written right in that your ops person asks for the referral. Yeah, who do you know basically, right? So I'll yeah. give you one for clear to close. You know, hey, Mr. Smith, it's Christy. Just wanted to let you know we got our clear to close for Friday and we're all set and I'm really bummed. Oh, why are you really bummed? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. because you've been so great to work with and we love working with people like you. And we know people who are so nice know other nice people. Do you know anybody looking to buy or sell? Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here and I want to tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses. And the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistants. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants. And I wanna give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M-O-D, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how My Outdesk can transform your business today. We do have a, um, a question uh, from Virginia Beach. So what does a review system look like before the transaction? That's, that's actually a really good one, before the transaction. So um, we so want to set up our clients with an expectation from the very beginning when we set the appointment, we send out a pre-listing binder or we send out a pre-buyer um, consultation packet so that before they come in for the consultation, they've already read our reviews, and then yep. we have a script right at, the settle, right at the consultation, letting them know that, did you read the reviews? Awesome, we're gonna provide you with five-star service so that you're gonna be begging us to write a review too. So we've implanted it right there. Right, and uh, this is a little pro tip if you're listening. Um, you can actually go on Facebook, Google, Zillow and just get a link and then you can actually send emails to your clients database. Hey, would you mind just doing a quick five-star review? I think, I, I think as an industry, we don't do enough of that. And it's really powerful because think about every time you go out to, you know, dinner, you're on open door or open table and you're, you're like typing in, well, which is the best review? And I think that applies when you're, we're in a competitive market right now prices are starting to flatten out, you've had it easy. And Absolutely. it's about to get, it's about to get, what, what are you going to say, Chrissy? No, I was totally agreeing with you because even when you're referred, you're often referred with two other realtors, right? Your boss refers you, your neighbor refers you, and your friend refers you. And the first thing they're going to do is what? Google you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm uh, one of our clients is did 600 transactions last year, and I'm doing some 
them, right? And, and we, have, we share a couple of clients and I'm doing some chats. So while I'm talking to him, I just Googled his team, right? And like, you know, he wasn't on some places. So one of the questions here was, where should the reviews be? Um, Christy, where should we have reviews of our real estate practice? So our team started with Zillow uh, because yep. the number one word that's Googled more often than the term real estate is Zillow. Zillow. People actually yep. go Google the word Zillow. So we built them up there first. Then we went to Facebook and built them up there. And then from there onto other websites. I think yep. it's going to depend on your area. Um, one of the teams that I coached um, last year was the number one um, team on Yelp for Washington, D.C. Um, Yelp is a little bit harder because you have to be a verified Yelper in order for your review to show. Um, yeah. But if you can get those, they're super powerful. I think it was about 65 to 70% of their business came from Yelp because of that. Yeah, yeah. We, um, uh, I love Yelp. I like Google. Um, you guys, if you're listening, Google my business. You can actually have a plugin to your website to show reviews from Google that will end up on your website. So I think in addition to all those other sites, Zillow and all the other ones, I think it's really important that you put reviews on your own website as social proof that you care and that you Absolutely. serve your clients high in a, in, a, in a high world. Okay, so we've got reviews and referrals. That's how you generate, that's how you generate the three X. Yeah, those are just two examples. So they're not anything you didn't already know. The key is making them systematic so they happen like clockwork 100% of the time, no matter who is operating your business. I see, okay, that makes complete sense. Um, give us two other examples, two or three. I mean, just telling people what they should, what systems they should have in place. And when they hire, what they should empower their operations lead actually put in place? So I would say uh, database and client events, right? Super yeah. easy. Um, I always tell my people, your agents should make the phone calls prior to the prior and after the client event, show up and shake hands and everything else is up to the operations team. Yeah. Now the key is, are we measuring? Are we measuring how often, how many people are in our database? How many mm -hmm. deals did we get last year? And have we set a goal purposefully this year to see how many more deals we can get than we did last year? Because most right. of us are not getting what we should from our database. What should, oh, this is great. What should we get from our database, Christy? You know, so 12 to two ratio is pretty much what most people quote. Um, I would challenge you, yeah, for every 12 people to get two people either repeat or refer. Right. Okay. I would challenge you that most people aren't even getting half that. So just mm -hmm. go back and measure what you did last year and set a goal to increase that for this year. Yeah, I was just um, I was just talking to another person that we had on about database and how much they should. The distinction there is for every 12 people in your database. know and who knows yeah. you and, and I want to make sure that's clear because in the day that we buy leads and have sites that drop, you know, all the different leads that come in the door. Um, we had a, uh, Christina asked a question and guys, we love questions. So keep them coming. Um, is reviews better than testimonials? I, you know, my world would be, you know, reviews are online reviews. Testimonials are videos where somebody is 
telling, you know, how you help them, the problems you solve, why working with you is awesome, all that kind of fun stuff, right? Yeah. I like the word testimonial, actually. She brings up a good point because it implies that they have actually worked with you and they're sharing their experience. I love it. I love it. Okay, good. So what's the difference between, we talked a little bit about the difference between an assistant and an ops boss. Can you help break that down? We've set the stage now. People know 3X rule. We know, you know, putting some systems in place that generate revenue. So that, that's, that's clear. Now we need to talk about like, what are the differentiators so that I can actually know what I don't know, right? And you're the best person yeah. to challenge, right? I want an assistant, but I'm not sure what I actually need, right? Right, because you may just need an average assistant and you may need an ops boss. It depends where you're going as an agent, you know? Okay. Are you just looking to gain back a little bit of time? Are you huh. looking to grow your business in a big way, right? Okay. So let, let, let's break it down to some tasks, maybe that would be examples. So an average assistant might pay your bills for you, file your bills and keep your paperwork for taxes or whatever. Um, an ops boss is actually going to either do your P&L or maybe you outsource it and they're going to analyze it. They're going to review it every month. They're going to cut expenses out of your P&L. They're going to make recommendations to you about you know, well, why don't we take the money we're spending here and put it here? Um, They're going to measure a return on investment for all of your expenses and hold your op accountable. I want to break that down because what we just said is, woo, uh, it needs to be unpacked a little bit. So talk a little bit about how you might do that. So super easy. So, I mean, it can be as easy as keeping an Excel spreadsheet of where did I spend my money on marketing? How much did I spend and what did I earn? Now that would mean that your assistant is actually tracking where all your business comes from. And I find that a lot of people don't ask those questions and there's two questions you wanna ask every person that goes to closing with you. How did you find my team? Why did you choose my team? So how did I find my team might be, oh, well you were referred to me, but I got referred to three people. So I looked you up on web and I saw that you have 189 reviews and they only had six. So I chose you. Right. That's powerful. Right. You're keeping where, a tracking system. Where do you, where do you keep that? Is that, would that be in the financial piece or would it be on a leads report or where would, I mean, where would an ops boss keep that information? Um, I used to actually use CTE, which is like a spreadsheet on steroids that you can pay for. Um, yep. If you don't want to pay for it, I would just do a Google Sheet or an Excel spreadsheet. And the point is, is track where your leads come from, where your clients come for, from, and why they chose you so that you can make informed financial decisions on the total expenses. Yes. That you're Because okay. I think what cool. happens is a lot of agents have the mentality that is said to them when they go to the vendor hall at events, which is you just have to do one deal and it'll pay for itself. Right. But we want to know how much are we actually making? Am I making a five to one return, a 10 to one, a 20 to one so that I can put yeah. my money at the best place. That's crazy. Um, Gary uh, Vance said, not seeing the other attendees questions. Don't Worry, Gary, I'm seeing them and we're asking, we're repeating. So if you have a question, we will, we will answer it. We, we care that you guys are getting served in this. I, we brought on a billion dollar ops boss. So we want 
you to get all the value you can out of it. So don't worry, we're, we're here. Um, a recommendation on learning how to get better at P&L or start organizing a P&L. That's a great, uh, Shannon's asking, I remember her, she's, she wants to make sure she's doing a good job. And so her question is, how do I, how do I analyze a, a P&L? I think you can go to um, your local community college, local community centers often have courses, Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey is a good financial course. Just yep. go get a basic business book. Um, if you are with Keller Williams, we have a class called Agent Financials, which is an awesome class. You don't have to be with KW to take it. Um, yep. So. I think the point, she asked a really great question, is a lot of us aren't great at managing money at home. So if we want to manage million dollar businesses, we really need to learn. If you want to be an ops boss, you need to learn how to do that. So that's a great question. I think it's good too. Um, uh, and Shannon, I, just because I'm, I'm a nerd, I like P&Ls. Um, there's two books. Uh, Greg Crabtree has a book. Uh, it, I think it's called Simple Numbers, Smart Something. It's a great small business kind of learning how to do it and then there's another book called profits first which teaches business owners to you know if you got a hundred bucks in revenue take your 15 or 20 bucks of profit and get it out of the business immediately and then the business has to operate on the leftovers that's the mindset that i would suggest for large real estate teams or anybody who's really supporting a, a, a mega agent or a, a big team or a broker or an agent. Um, one mistake in that space is I can't tell you how many teams come to us and they're losing money and yet they're the number one in their market. And this is probably that one area where you can really as an ops boss shine, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Cause agents, we don't want them to have to sit there looking at reports and numbers. That's not what they're good at. They're good at being out there with their clients, making sales, negotiating, all that stuff. So if we can take that off their plate, we can change the focus from the average agent who's focused on, I sold this many homes or I sold X million dollars in, in real estate to I made X amount of dollars in profit, or I had a, you know, 30%, 40% profit margin. That would be our focus as an ops boss. Okay, I, I just, you can't help myself. Okay, listen, the reason there are awards for units is because brokers make more money when they sell more units. The reason there is a award for gross commission income is because there's they, brokers and the industry and major corporations make more money when you sell more real estate. But guess what? The only thing that matters is how much is in your bank account. So if you can focus your energy and efforts into bank account, P&L economics, you're going to win. Um, okay. It sounds like it would need to be both types of assistance, which one comes first. Um, I love this. Um, so we've got the assistant that, um, you know, maybe prospects, maybe does some marketing tasks maybe are they're doing kind of tasks but they're saving you time and reducing your costs but then you have an ops boss so gary's question is how do you know which one to hire first and then <clears throat> in what order so i would say it probably depends on where you're going and how fast you intend to get there 
if you um, ideally, if, so if you're growth oriented and you intend to do more business and continue to grow um, the amount of business that you do, I would say you wanna hire an ops boss first. Have that person get your systems in place have that person then leverage themselves through hiring a virtual assistant or a part-time assistant and then a full-time assistant um, and work that way. Now that assumes that you're growing. If you are happy where you are and that's perfectly great, um, you may just only need to hire somebody to help you leverage your time. Because if you hire an ops boss, that person's going to be very growth oriented they're not going to be happy just kind of doing the basic assistant type activities. Yep. Okay. Gary says he's a single agent and he would like to double my business. One of the coolest things about uh, real estate um, is that you can actually double in a calendar year. We've seen our clients do it. Um, but here's a methodology to help you guys like decide. And I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you've heard, well, here we go. It's called the sticky challenge. And I got this from one of our clients, Lisa Archer, like five, six years ago, she's sitting in her backyard next to a pool and she and I are talking on a video and you can see that on YouTube. Um, and she tells me about a sticky challenge. And then I was like blown away. So now it's part of our methodology. What we tell people to do is to follow yourself around with sticky notes and write down, um, you know, what time is it here? And okay. In California, it's 10 o'clock and I have a, a webinar with Chris. Um, she's a, an awesome billion, billion dollar ops boss. Uh, okay. So then I'll put that. Is that dollar productive or is that non-dollar productive? And we'll break down exactly how I'm spending my time. Most agents, most business owners, most employees, to be honest, they don't know um, what they're doing all day. And so doing a quick, they call this a time analysis. IBM does it. Google did it. Like everybody does these, right? But nobody really does it. Follow yourself around, get a sticky, figure out what you're doing. And then you need to call somebody like Christy or my out desk and have a consultation of people who have done this hundreds, if not thousands of times. Um, and we just, we just dropped a, oh, Clockify. Casey says Clockify is an automatic way. So I like that too. I'm just, I'm a, I like to have this in my pocket where, cause I'm never in the office and I'm never. I, say, I just do it. I keep a list in my cell phone in the notes of every time I do something I don't like, or I'm not good at. And that becomes the job description for my next hire. That's great. Um, okay. So Casey also asks, um, uh, put the book names in the thing. So we'll do that. Profits first. Greg, uh, is a book. Greg Crabtree was the author of the other one. I think it's Smart Math, Simple Numbers, a, a Small Business Guide to P&Ls or something. So those are the two. We'll put those in the notes. Um, and we've got another question. How do you manage being an ops boss and the assistant when it is expected of you to be both? Time blocking. Understanding what is the top 20% of your role and time blocking and making sure that you're making time to work on the business and not just in the business. Okay, so nobody understood that. Let's unpack it. What okay. do you mean by your top 20 versus 80? I just heard numbers and I went, what? So what are the most important things that yep. if you 
only did those things, you know, life, life would be great, right? What are the most important things that the top, say you have five things to do in your job, what's the most important thing? Making yep. sure that you're doing that. And then calendaring it out so that you know when you're doing each thing so that each thing gets handled. That's good. Okay. And what happens is we get really involved in the business in fires. We put out fires all day long. And what happens is we answer the phone, handle it, answer the phone, answer it. And pretty soon you're like a professional firefighter, right? But you're yep. never working on the important things. So you've got to time block it out. I love it. Okay. So it's really understanding what your day looks like, what you're spending on your time and that you're doing the most important things. And also, I just want to, I forget who answered the question or asked the question, but your, your agent, the person that you're working with, Christy, you said it well, it's a partnership, right? 100%. So you have to be aligned about what the top five initiatives are, what you're spending your time on. The other thing is agents were aggressive and I'm aggressive. I'm like, what do you mean you can't work 14 hour days? And an ops boss probably wants a set schedule. Um, you know, I don't know. Talk about that mindset of and how you navigate that. You know, I would say that I see it work all different ways. Um, some people are I'm nine to five and some people an ops boss truly probably is not nine to five. An ops boss is a little bit more of a higher level leadership role. Um, but the most important thing is communication and clarity. Have you and your assistant had that conversation of expectations? What do you expect from me and what do I expect from you? And as long as we expect the same things, things are good. It's when our expectations are not stated or unmet that things become a problem. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Shannon has a great question. What happens when the ops boss wants to be, uh, is more aggressive than the agent and the agent has big dreams, but it's not working out. What do you think? So that's a great question because I think what I hear a lot of times is from agents that, oh, I want to hire an ops boss. And that's great. You need to be sure that you're achieving and growing fast enough to keep an ops boss because you need to be continuing to offer opportunity. It's the same thing with your, the agents on your team, right? You right. have to be a vehicle for their success. As long as you're continuing to do that, it's great. Um, if the person is just talking a big game and things aren't happening, I would say, what can you do to drive the business? If you're an ops boss, can you drive the business? Um, and if you've tried that and it doesn't work, you might need to find a new job. I love it. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges is that, um, you know, there's a disconnect between what people want in the business. Um, and if you're working for somebody or with has a different level of their expectations, you just have to be okay with having those conversations. Like, Hey, this is what I want. What do you think? What do you want? And that can be just good communication and alignment. Um, uh, so we, we, we uh, posted the book, we posted the website to get more information. So guys, we're rocking. I do want to bring up, I mean, here's, I, I printed this out. Um, I'm just going to go over some of the misconceptions. According to the National Association of Realtors, um, these are the things that an assistant helps with. And I, I think we've 
easily positioned, like, right? So listings in MLS, 68% report that that's what their assistant does. Managing closing paper, uh, paperwork, sending uh, mail past clients and prospects, scheduling listing presentations, tracking advertisements, doing inspections. These are the things that, um, you know, most real estate people who have an assistant report. Um, but the, the numbers are shocking, right, Christy? I mean, only uh, 3% of real estate people have two or more assistants. So that, I mean, and 82% of all real, realtors do not. So in your opinion, what are the, what's the difference, Christy, between these two very distinct groups, you know? I think in the group that doesn't have assistance, there are a lot of people who have tried and failed and given up. Yes. And I think what happens is they're not clear on the role before they hire. They're not interviewing enough people when they hire. So instead of hiring someone great, if you interview five people and four of them are like the dregs, right? And the next one comes in compared to these four terrible people, they look great, but they yeah. might only be average. You don't know that because you haven't interviewed enough people. If you had talked to a hundred people, you would know the one person who's head over heels above everyone else. So I think people are um, hiring and then they don't know how to train. And right. they don't train well and they don't lead well. We talked about this earlier that they don't make that transition from being superstar salesperson to now I'm a leader of a business, a business right. owner and leader. How do I lead and train that person? And they fail there and then they hire again, do the same thing and they give up. Yeah. We call it the hire fire uh, like circle right yeah. and and they hire somebody they don't like them they put an ad out they fire that you know and this like this circle and it, it can be hard for agents so what are the one or two three steps you would tell people to have and we have a short time i think we only have another seven eight minutes together right christy so yeah. we we want to wrap this up guys get your questions in we have a hard stop at i, I in in about eight minutes so um, what are the, how would you craft a job description or an ad to attract um, the right talent for this role? So I would say, I always tell people do the ABCs. So you need a job profile, which is make a list, like you said, of all the tasks they're going to do and circle the top two most important. And then take those two things, maybe it's marketing and customer service, and take those things and go to behavioral profile. That's your B. What kind of a person do I need? Do I need a detail-oriented person? Do I need a driver because they're going to build my business? Do I need a really personable person? And right. then C is cultural. What are the cultural things in my particular business that are important? Like, do we like to party and have fun at the office while we're working hard, like work hard, play hard? Is it like integrity? Is it we have a work ethic like I grew up in the depression era? Like, what is your culture, you know? So right. define that and hire to that. And then the second thing I would say is have an elevator script and don't make the mistake that most people do, which is they say, who do you know I'm looking for someone um, to be my assistant? That's the script most people use. 
And that right. has two flaws in it. One is unemployment is super low right now. So most people are already employed. So you're probably excluding most of the population when you say, who do you know that's looking for a job? Right. And the second thing is you say, I'm looking for an assistant. Then the person you're talking to, it's what their perception of an assistant is. So I would say, come up with an elevator pitch that describes the person you're looking for. So I would say, I'm going to be hiring. We have a great opportunity on my team. And who do you know? It's not like the PTA president, but it's, you know, that person that's behind the scenes and they're really detail oriented and like everything runs like clockwork when they're there. Who is that person? And then that way they'll give you a name so that you can call that person and talk to that person. Well, and I like you're telling a story. People, people will remember a story. They won't remember a request and they yeah. won't remember like a job description or the details or the like none of that but they right. it, they associate people who do things right you know are organized uh, my neighbor i love the guy his wife you you open their refrigerator and it's all labeled and it's perfect and right. you know, she leads she's an ops boss you know yeah. and you can just kind of tell and i think the challenge is we just as an industry we just don't know how to do that right so you know, look for the people that are over the top organized, over the top, you know, uh, systematic, over the top, reliable, dependable. So I think that's good. Uh, Jordan asks, what is the B, ABCs? Behavioral profile. Got it. So a, a behavioral profile. I love it. Um, how do you, we've got a whole bunch of questions, guys. We're going to be on Facebook. If you're watching us live on Facebook, we'll continue to answer these questions. Um, if you, uh, the other thing is, I, I didn't even say anything about it, but we have, uh, Christy gave away like a, a, a benchmarking report to who, what an ops boss looks like versus a regular assistant. So we have that distinction, um, kind of a talent, like who that person is. So if you jump on our, our link here at my outdesk ops boss, um, we're going to give that away for free. Um, and we're, we're going to you know, give you guys an opportunity to talk with Christy. So that's an important thing. Um, we're wrapping up. We've got four minutes left. What are the things, I mean, if you want to leave anybody with the most important stuff, Christy, what is it in this conversation? What's the most important stuff that we talk about? Um, I think is getting clarity on the role before you hire. When you hire, making sure the person you hire has clarity on what their most important thing on their role is. Yep. And then are you investing in them? Are you continuing to train them and lead them and develop them so that they can grow your business just the same way you develop yourself? Right. Because I'm constantly trying to get better at sales, closing more deals, networking, growing my audience. But that same kind of upping of the game needs to happen for an ops boss. Otherwise, they leave you. Is that right? Teams who go together, grow together. So don't go to training by yourself. Go to training with your assistant so that you can be on the same page and come back and implement together. Wow. What was the biggest mistake in hiring ops boss that you've seen? Like what are, what's the, what, do you, what would you warn the, the, the audience off on? Because everybody who's here over, you know, I think, again, we had like 400 people live right now. What's, what's the thing that you can caution them not to do? Oh, all the things that I did and failed forward myself, probably 
is in my early years, I made the mistake of listening to people talk the talk and I didn't ask questions that dug into actual examples of how they lived out whatever value I was digging into. So yeah. if you're looking for someone who's really detail oriented, you wanna ask them not just one question of giving an example, because anyone can give you one thing. They know, that they know what you're looking for when you're hiring. So they can give you one thing, dig three deep. Give me another example. How does that show up in your personal life? How does that show up at work? What would your friends say about you? There you go. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Daniel Ramsey. I've been excited. I've got Christy Belt Grossman, the billion dollar ops boss. Um, her coaching is amazing. Jump on our website, grab our free giveaways. Um, in addition to her benchmarking thing, we're also giving away what we call our essential checklist. So what we've done is we've compiled the top teams across the country. They do when they are selling a, a, a house, basically when they, their process for listings, we compile that. Whoa! I could compile that into one list and then, and now we're giving them away. So if you want to do like get a benchmark on, do I have an ops boss or not? And are we doing the right things on our team? We're giving those two free gifts away. Um, Chrissy, again, you've been amazing. Thanks for coming here live. And it is exactly 45 after the hour. Guys, you're almost an ops boss, Daniel. Uh, the train has to go down the track. That's right. And thanks again for being here. And guys, thanks for showing up.